Well, if you love the Lord, say amen. amen. It is my joy to be here tonight. I appreciate uh, your pastor, and his family, and this church, and I'm thankful for the invitation, the opportunity to be here again, and uh, it wouldn't feel like Thanksgiving to me if I didn't get to come do this. And so if he ever doesn't invite me, I'll be here on a Tuesday night before Thanksgiving out in the parking lot or something, but I am very thankful for this place, and uh, I don't know that you know altogether, but the impact that this church has, not just here and in your area, but the influence that it carries around the country, and thank you for your work here. What a wonderful place. Aren't you glad for your church tonight? I, um, I prayed and prayed about what to preach tonight, and uh, I'm going to do something a little unusual. I want you to go to Zechariah chapter 5. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't go to Zechariah chapter 5. <laughs> and if you wasn't in church on Sunday, you're not laughing right now. <laughs> but I, I do listen to your preacher every week, and, uh, and I have been enjoying this series on Zechariah. And uh, when I... Heard that Sunday, I said, yep, that's going to be my joke for Tuesday night. <laughs> you can go in your Bible to Leviticus chapter 22. Leviticus chapter 22. And I want to read some verses tonight, beginning in verse number 19. While you're turning there, I, I am thankful to see so many families here tonight. And uh, Ridge is up here on the front row. He came over there and sat with me for a minute. And he had about a minute of sit still in him. Then he had to go. And uh, Steve and I, you know, this is a real blessing that he's, they've had this boy at this age in life because we're almost to the point where we're going to need help in the things that we enjoy doing. And it's a real blessing to have some fresh legs coming along that we can just send, you know, go hang a deer stand, run to the truck and get, you know. It's going to be a real blessing. I appreciate it. So I'm going to be very good to that boy for at least the next 18 years. Then he'll be useless to me at that point. <laughs> but when they're young and you can take advantage of that free labor, can I get an amen? <laughs> and so that's the plan. Are you in Leviticus chapter 22? Say amen. I'm going to let you remain seated if that's okay. And I'm going to read beginning in verse number 19. The Bible says, Ye shall offer at your own will a male without blemish. Can everybody say them two words out loud? Without blemish. Of the beeves, of the sheep, or of the goats. But whatsoever hath a blemish, that shall ye not offer. For it shall not be acceptable for you. And whosoever offereth a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord to accomplish his vow or a free will offering in beeves or sheep, look at this, it shall be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no blemish therein. Father, open up our eyes tonight. We see more than just words on the page. May we hear from heaven. May your word be clear and concise. May it be convicting tonight. 
and may it draw us closer to you. I'll praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. As the author is laying out the mandates for what is an acceptable offering to the Lord, there is great detail given to this one prerequisite that it must be perfect. There is to be no blemish. There is to be no flaws. These lambs or beeves or goats would be brought before the priest. The priest would begin the act of inspection. Now understand this, they would wait until at least the eighth day of their life to allow any hidden fallacies or any hidden handicaps or difficulties or blemishes to be made manifest. And on the eighth day, they would begin this process of inspection. Now, it must be a perfect animal, a perfect lamb. Notice in verse number 20 that he says if it has a blemish, it cannot be given to God. What is a blemish? A blemish is a stain. It was anything on the coat or the hide of that animal or even the hoof that was not true to the color that it was supposed to be. If it was a white lamb and it had a black spot, that was a blemish. If it was a brown cow and it had a marking on it that was not true to that breed, it would be a blemish. It was a stain, a spot that did not need to be there. Look in verse 22. He said that these animals cannot be blind. Now this is interesting. If you study that word blind, it not only means that they cannot see, but there are other forms of blindness that doesn't mean complete disability to see, but an animal could have a film over its eyes where its vision is blurry. See, some of them couldn't see at all, and some of them couldn't see very well. Do I have anybody like that here tonight? Not blind in darkness, but it just couldn't see properly. That animal was not to be given to God. He says in verse number 22, if they are broken, if they're broken, if a limb or a bone has been severed, broken animals, they could not be given to God. Look again in verse 22, if they are maimed. Now that word maimed is an interesting word because it literally means to be injured by a sharp point. In other words, uh, possibly on the fence or at the barn or even a jagged limb or a stump that had an edge. If that animal had been punctured, had been stabbed by that sharp point to the, to the case that it penetrated its skin and possibly damaged its muscle tissue, that animal was considered maimed. Here comes a word you may not use on the daily basis, verse 22, or having a win. Some of you farmers, some of you country folk may know what a win is, but it's not common in our language. A win 
for it is a it is a good term for a for a, a somewhat gross condition. A wind is a running sore. It is something on that animal that is a continual source of infection. It is a running putrid sore. Then he goes on down in verse 22 and says, or if they have scurvy. Now again, we're going to the barnyard tonight. Everybody all right? Scurvy is where an animal has been injured and they cannot leave it alone. You've seen the dogs. Some of y'all don't fit in the barnyard. What about the kennel? Can we go to the kennel? You see the dogs with the cone and that keeps them from scratching at something. Now, scurvy is when there is an injury and the animal cannot leave it alone and it messes with it until it becomes infected. That's what scurvy is. Look in verse number 23. He says, either a bullock or a lamb that hath anything superfluous or lacking in his parts. Now look at me right here. Here's what that means, superfluous or lacking. Here's what it means. It means it is too, it has too much or it does not have enough. And this is typically a condition in which they were born with, especially at this young of an age. It was born with an extra toe. It was born with out an ear. It is superfluous. It has too much or it doesn't have enough. It has too much. It's extra. Y'all know anybody that was born extra? Let me see your hand. Say, I can't raise my hand. She's sitting beside me. Okay, just nod. I see you, sir. God bless you. Just born extra. Or maybe it was born without enough. It was born already losing. Superfluous or lacking. He goes on in verse number 24 and says, You shall not offer unto the Lord that which is bruised. Now what is a bruise? A bruise is that which is hit and hurt and it's currently trying to heal. You know that's what a bruise is. It's where that trauma takes place and the body sends the blood there to try to heal that damaged tissue. And it's not healed, it is healing, but it is hit, it is hurt, and it's not healed yet. He says in verse 24 a couple of other things that we'll not get into, that which is crushed. The animal could be crushed by another animal. Somebody step on it. Something fall on it, that which is broken or that which is cut. Everybody look at me right here. He says all of these things, and he says if this is wrong with this animal, it cannot be given to the Lord. It's cut. It's not worthy. It's not fit. It's rejected. Everybody understand? There's no place for it in the work of God. It cannot be given to God. Can I say to you tonight that when I read these, I see a lot of these in me. I see a lot of these in you. A stain. How many of us have been stained by sin? Spots in our lives that should not be there. Blind, maybe, maybe spiritually, you're not completely in the dark, but you just, you just don't see things right. You ever met somebody that looks at all of their life through a jaded prism and their vision is just not right? Maimed, stabbed, spiritually wounded, 
and it hurt and it it was deep and it was sharp and it cut. Infected. That which just will not heal up. Have you ever had a spiritual injury that just wouldn't heal up? You forgave and you tried to forget and you thought you were doing good and then you saw them in Walmart and you still wanted to tear their head off their shoulders. Years went by and you thought it was in the past and you saw that preacher again and those same feelings rushed up in your spirit. You saw that friend that had hurt you and that wound began to run again and the infection was still there. Scurvy. You ever had a hurt that you just couldn't leave alone? (laughs) You ever had something happen to you and you just couldn't You couldn't stop picking at it. You just couldn't leave it where it was and it just got worse. Spiritually, how about those that just have too much? There's just too much going on. They're trying to do too much. And then they feel like somehow if I, if I, if I am more, if I give more, if I do more, that then I'll be enough. But the reality is in all of the extra, they're actually disqualifying themselves because God doesn't want us to be more than how he made us. You ever felt maybe spiritually like you was born lacking? You look around and other people seem to have something you don't have. They seem to have some talent. You don't have that talent. Y'all got talent here. I love to hear Jacob sing. And Brother Zach, I just met him. Boy, y'all have got the talent. But some of us in here, I mean, if, if we called you up here to sing a song, folks would be busting these windows out trying to get out of here. Joyful Noise Club at best. Can I get an Amen. Some people get up and preach and speak and just off the cuff give a testimony that's just amazing. And if we ask you to lead in silent prayer, you'd pass out before you could stand. It's just, you don't seem like there's something lacking. We judge ourselves on that. We know we're not, I'm not worthy of him. I'm not fit for him because I don't have enough. What are the other ones we said? Bruised. Anybody ever been hit and hurt? Anybody ever tried to heal, but the bruise was taking longer than you had expected spiritually? Crushed? Anybody ever been stepped on in life? Broken and cut? That priest would bring those sheep before him. He would look at them and he would say, This one has got a blemish. This one's broken. This one's missing an ear. This one has a spot. And they would be in this fold over here. Then occasionally they would come across those perfect lambs. I mean, their ears are the right shape, the right size, in the right spot. Their colors are immaculate. There are no wounds that they were born with. There are no wounds that they have received since birth. Occasionally, now not all the time, but occasionally, the majority were flawed, but occasionally they would find that perfect lamb. 
And perfect lambs would be put over here in this fold. These are worthy lambs. These are fit lambs. These are good lambs. And over there's the messed up rejects. And then the strangest thing happens. You would think that those perfect lambs would be honored, that they would be cherished, <laughs> that they would be kept, nurtured, and cared for. You would think that they would watch over them meticulously for many years. How rare it is to find a perfect lamb. But the strangest thing would happen. They would take the ones that were perfect, the ones that had no flaws, the ones that weren't lacking and weren't too much. They would take those perfect lambs and they would lay them down on an altar and they would cut their throat, pour out their blood, divide their body, burn them. As their incense, the smell of that smoke would rise up to God and God would accept and be temporarily pleased with their life. Isn't that strange? Perfect lambs were put to death. How many of you are glad you're not perfect tonight? The perfect lambs were killed. You see, that's why when Jesus came, that's why it was said of him, John said this. John said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus was God's perfect Lamb. That's why Simon Peter would look back and pen these words, For as much as ye know, that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. As of a, here it is, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Jesus was the perfect lamb of God. And his life was laid down. Revelation Chimes in and says, After this I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues. And they stood before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and the Lamb. Said again in verse 13 and 14, John said, uh, I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest who these are. And he said, These are they which have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Verse 17, For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them under living fountains of waters and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. I'm going to need one big amen and I'll move along. Jesus is and was the perfect lamb of God. Just as the priest would inspect those animal lambs, so the world inspected Christ for 33 and a half years. That's why they had to pay people to lie about him. 
because there was no sin in him. He'd done no wrong. He passed the inspection. He was perfect. God's perfect lamb. And the perfect lambs were killed. This is a strange thing because you would think it would be the opposite. You would think that they would kill those unfit, unworthy lambs. Let's get rid of them. You don't want that in the gene pool. They're, they're less than. But it is the perfect lamb that is killed. And somebody may ask tonight, what becomes, hallelujah, what becomes of the imperfect lambs? <laughs> what becomes of those lambs who can't see things right? What becomes of those broken lambs? What do we do with those lambs who have got infected places that they just can't seem to get healed? What do we do with those lambs that were just born messed up? What happens to those lambs? What happens to these un... <laughs> these unworthy lambs? Such a strange thing. And the unworthy lambs are given over to the care of a shepherd. <laughs> and that shepherd cares for them. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that those unfit lambs, they don't want for anything. They shall not want. <laughs> those unfit lambs are led to green pastures. And they're able to feed until they can't feed anymore. Those unfit lambs, that shepherd will lead them down to still waters where they can lower their head in the heat of the day and be cooled and refreshed and hydrated. Those blemished lambs, those broken lambs, those sickly lambs that should have been killed, they are restored. <laughs> Matter of fact, they get led in the paths of righteousness. You hearing me tonight? Everywhere they go, there is a shepherd out in front of them. He is walking the path. He has a plan and a destination. And he is leading them down a righteous path. Those little unfit lambs, those unworthy lambs, you know what? There's wolves howling in the distance, coyotes barking on the next hill over. <laughs> but those lambs, somebody ought to help me shout right here, they fear no evil. <laughs> They'll lay their head in the lap of their shepherd. And the wolves will howl and the coyotes will yip. And they'll sleep sound because they know they're under the watch care of a great shepherd. Doesn't seem fair. Perfect lambs die and messed up lambs get all this kind of treatment. They're comforted. It takes great time with each one. 
to let them know that I am your shepherd, that I love you, that it's going to be okay. (laughs) They have a table prepared for them in the presence of their enemies. I don't know if you've ever been in sheep country, but I have been able to spend some time there both here in the States and overseas. And it's an amazing thing. Those wolves where I have viewed flocks in Albania, those wolves will literally circle the hillside within plain view of the sheep and the shepherd. But do you realize that the sheep don't stop eating because the wolf is in the field? They're not worried about it. They know the shepherd stands between them and their enemy. And those sheep will eat at a table he's led them to. These messed up lambs, they are anointed with oil. They are treated with medicine. Their stomachs are soothed. Their sores are clean. They are anointed. They weren't fit to live. But now their inabilities, their flaws, their blemishes, their hurts, not only are they living, but this shepherd, listen to me, This shepherd is caring for everything that's wrong with them. Goodness and mercy follow these lambs all the days of their life. They live with that shepherd till the very last day. When these lambs get hurt and they can't go on by themselves, that shepherd will put them on his shoulders. And he'll carry them when they cannot carry themselves. Now you may have to get on to them, but the same hand that corrects them is the same hand that comes. And it's not out of anger, it's out of love, and it's for their best interest. They get to sleep in his fold. And I love this. These lambs that weren't perfect, They have a subscription to a 24-7, 365-day-a-year rescue service. And if they ever get out of the way, (laughs) if they ever get turned around, he'll put all the other 99 inside that little fold. And he'll go out. Why would you look for a lamb that's not fit in the first place? But the shepherd does. And he'll search the hillsides and he'll walk the valleys and he'll look behind every cactus and rock until he finds that one little lamb that's gone astray. A lamb that's flawed, a lamb that's weak, a lamb that's sick and broken. He'll go looking for that one lost lamb. I don't know about you, but this whole story doesn't make sense to me. Why they would kill the perfect lamb and then give these messed up lambs over into the care of such a good shepherd. But I want to tell you, that's exactly what God's done for us. The perfect lamb died, and tonight we are the sheep of his fold. And he is the good shepherd. Hallelujah. I was thinking about Thanksgiving coming up Thursday. 
And I thought about all that I have this year, since I was here last year at this service, to be thankful for. We buried my father just a few weeks ago. He was 77 and just 78 and just like that. I went to see him and realized what kind of shape he was in just came on suddenly. Took him to the emergency room and 37 days later, he took his last breath. But in that 37 days, was able to lay on the bed in the hospital beside him. Was able to hold his hand. Was able to share memories and moments and affection. And I watched the grace of God in those 37 days in a way like I have never experienced it before. I watched God's grace on my life, my mother's life, my dad's life. I watched God's grace in an unprecedented manner. I had washed his face and shaved his beard. He never grew a beard. His whiskers had grown out scruffy and I shaved his face and washed his hair and combed it for him. And in that hospital hospice bed on his front sunroom there, he wanted a mirror to look at his, at his freshly groomed self. And we laughed. And he said, son, I, I sure do love you. And that was the last words we'd ever shared together. I've watched God put His hand on my mother. She's 77. Married since she was 19. A lot of firsts. Going out to eat by herself for the first time at 77. Never had ate alone in a restaurant until 77. I've talked to her today. And the grace of God that's been poured out on her life, I'm so thankful for that. I guess four Sundays ago, I could think about it. I guess it was four Sundays ago, my son, 20 years old, had been at my house all weekend. He lives on his own, but he had been with us on Saturday night and at church on Sunday and came home and ate all my groceries at lunch. And we sat on the porch and played guitars and talked and laughed and he got in his super sport Camaro and went to town, and it wasn't an hour. I was listening to your pastor preach on my phone, and the preaching stopped, and I looked, and it was Dalton's number. And I could hear his voice saying, Dad, I've just been in a bad wreck. I heard the metal on the door. His door was jammed. I heard people ripping the other door open to pull him out. I got in my truck. And I was there in just a few minutes and when I pulled up, he was standing without a scratch on the side of the road. A drunk driver had hit him at an unprecedented amount of speed, destroyed that car. I've got so much to be for. My wife today at 3.45 went to have a follow-up appointment. They had found something that they didn't like, and they wanted to look at it further. She called me on my way here and said, they told me that everything's okay. 
There's no issues. And I know those calls can go one of two ways. And I have so much to be thankful for. But I'm only thankful for all of those things. Because the perfect lamb (laughs) was put to death. And because the perfect lamb died, I, an unfit, broken, jaded, injured and infected lamb who's not fit to live, I've been living under the care of the great chief shepherd. I love my friends. I was able to spend last week with one of my best friends. I'm preaching tonight for one of my closest friends, one of my greatest encouragers. And I love my friends. But even my friends are in my life because the perfect lamb died. And I met them in the fold, hanging out close to the chief shepherd. I mean, really everything in my life, my church is doing well, it's growing, people are getting saved. God's blessed us with more land this year. We purchased a home for the church. We have finished a new building and all of these blessings, but I'm here to tell you, I don't have those if that perfect lamb didn't die. And I want to stand tonight and say on behalf of broken lambs everywhere, Thank you, Jesus, for dying in our place. And thank you, Jesus, for putting us under the care of the chief shepherd. What are you thankful for tonight? Whatever it is, chances are you don't have that if not for him.